0: This is the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. Hi everyone, welcome to this month's episode of the Family Shift Podcast, the podcast designed to help families stop drifting and to start living with greater intention. My name is Rodney Gage, I'm the host of the Family Shift Podcast, and normally I have my wife Michelle as my co-host, but today I have a very special guest, and it happens to be my wife Michelle's dad, my father-in-law, Dr. Rod Masteller. Welcome, Rod. Hey, so
1: glad to be with you on the Family Shift podcast. I'm so proud of you and Michelle writing this book. Everyone should have it, and I'll talk more about that.
0: Well, we're excited because of the opportunity to catch you Um, we have been spending a few days together and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, we need to seize this opportunity. And Michelle and I were saying, let's get dad, let's get Rod on the podcast to share, the wealth of wisdom, and I just want to give a quick update on um, really just where we are in this moment. We're living in a unusual time in our country, and everything going on with our nation, and just um, a lot of things unfortunately has captured the minds and the hearts of so many people's attention. We're living in a time of chaos and confusion, and man, if there was ever a time when we need unity and peace and harmony in our nation, it's now. But, you know, it also begins even in our homes. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have my father-in-law on today's episode with us. Uh, Dr. Rod Master, let let me just formally introduce him to you. Uh, he's been a pastor been in the ministry for 50 years uh, pastoring great churches across the country been in uh, great levels of leadership on in many different uh, platforms and areas of influence across the country in addition to that um, he also was um, one of the featured guests back in Oklahoma City unfortunately when the Oklahoma City bombing occurred uh, there he was the the one who was able to speak before the president uh, spoke and addressed the nation and in addition to that he is also uh, the father of four amazing daughters I happen to marry his first his oldest daughter Michelle whom, who obviously has been my wife for now 29 years that we just celebrated our 29th anniversary so he not only has four daughters but he also has 11 grandchildren and since since we've been together this week, Rod, you and Linda have celebrated 53 years of marriage. So, wow, what an incredible legacy and accomplishment. And so today, I just want to pick your brain. I want to get your uh, wealth of wisdom. And today, I just want to talk a little bit about communication because, um, you know, so many challenging issues, topics, things that uh, we find now more than ever uh, difficult to talk about as a family. You know, we're hearing so much about racism. We're hearing so much about, um, you know, division in our country. We hear so much about the moral challenges that we're facing as a country, and specifically as as it relates to our children, the things that they're being exposed to. Uh, what they're hearing, what they're seeing, and ultimately what has become in many ways socially acceptable and now even the new norm when it comes to choices that many kids are making. And unfortunately, it puts a lot of burdens on many parents because they're trying to figure out how do we navigate this? How do we get inside the hearts and the minds of our children? So let's dive into it. Rod, I just want to pick your brain today. What have you found In all the years of raising kids and obviously speaking into the lives of your 11 grandchildren and all that you've been exposed to as a pastor and a leader, what would you say, how would you advise moms and dads that are listening to this on how to get inside the hearts and the minds of their children to talk through the difficult things that they're facing?
1: Well, thanks, Rodney. Um, I think, you know, no one has all the answers. And there's a verse in Second Chronicles, uh, Second Chronicles 12 that says, My grace is sufficient for you out of weakness becomes strength. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. And so basically what that means is out of our weakness, out of our struggles, out of our problems— comes uh, a solution that only God can give. And it's been his amazing grace over these 53 years that Linda and I have been able to stay together. And um, next to the Bible, I guess the greatest book I've ever read is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And whenever I think about family and whenever I think about relationships, I think about that book, Rodney, because It one of the one of the habits is seek to understand before you're understood, and that deals with relationships. And I think even what's what's going on in our nation, if we could pause the rhetoric and somehow get the players together that are seemingly leading the rhetoric and let them spend some time together. Someone saying, "How can I understand?" Let me understand where you're coming from. It'll make a big difference. I, I know when I started pastoring in Treeport, Louisiana, about half of the city was African American. And one of the first things I did was try to go to lunch with African American pastors and get to know them. And hearing about their experience really helped me understand uh, a little bit more of where they're coming from. And um, I Couldn't obviously didn't go through what they went through, but I could understand from their heart what they were saying, and it really helped me. And I think that's the main thing. One of the main things as we we rear teenagers in the early years of your life, as a as a parent, you've got to set guidelines and boundaries. And by the way, let me just say this: that book, um, Family Shift, that Rodney and Michelle wrote, I read that in two settings: flying to Denver and back to speak, and it was really, really insightful and it so encouraged me because if a dad, if you as a dad or a mom or a family trying to figure out how I can communicate with my children, how we can set parameters, how we can set bond, boundaries that really work and then live them out, that book can help you greatly and how to communicate with your children. One of the things that I've said over and over again, if you'll set these boundaries early, it's a lot easier when they become teenagers. Um, I think about my children, and I'm so grateful to see um, Rodney and all of his um, padres or his um, my sons in laws, how they love their children. I think the most important thing that a dad can do, and by the way, I think the biggest problem we have in America are the dads, not the moms, but the dads loving their children. And what I mean by that is expressing that love by a touch, expressing that love by setting boundaries, expressing that love by hearing from them. And um, I think our culture is kind of this... We've kind of been afraid to touch because we're accused of this, but it's so important to hug your children. I've said it many times, but it keeps coming to my mind. A friend of mine in Oklahoma City who was a counselor, his name was Jim Craddock. He's with the Lord now, but he would say that many girls seek to find in many men what was denied them by one. And he was saying that a father's love is so vital as a girl grows up to... Feel that security that dad loves me, dad affirms me, dad believes in me, and so a dad's role in the family is vital. Because that's not only true with girls; it's true with guys. I mean, uh, hug your sons, kiss your sons, lay down in bed with your sons, listen to them, talk to them. It's
0: critical. Hmm, that's so good. You know, it is. It's. 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 I think because of the busyness of our. Of our society, our daily schedules. You know, I think um, to kind of turn a positive into a negative. You know, this whole quarantine, with as a result of the coronavirus. I think for a lot of families, you know, that suddenly they were forced to stop. You know, because you know everybody was used to going a hundred miles an hour and going so many different directions. But when everybody got together and you know came under one roof, you know, one of the things that we noticed when we were you know, in quarantine, and we would go out, you know, uh, and even in our own neighborhood, you begin to see families walking together and riding bikes together. Um, You know, uh, we talked to many friends who are, you know, actually having more conversations than than they had had in years. And I think it is. I think we have to be intentional. We have to prioritize it. And as you mentioned a few moments ago, that principle By Stephen Covey, you know, seek to understand before being understood. You know, James 119, in the Bible, there's a verse that says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I think when we're um, in the heat of the moment, when we're having arguments, disagreements, when we're feeling as though we've been... um, maybe dishonored or disrespected, and if one of our children is not obeying or uh, reacting to something that we have um, maybe talked to them about, that that maybe we had hoped that they would respond in a better um, you know posture and attitude. You know, there's a lot of things that can cause arguments. There's a lot of things that can also cause division in the family. It not only happens in marriages, but can happen between parents and their kids. And so, could you just build on that maybe a little bit more, Rod, and some, maybe some practical things that parents can do sitting down and just really walking through and talking through how to enter into each other's world? Because, you know, we can have a closed heart and a closed spirit if we're not careful. You know, offense is a powerful thing. And when we feel like we've been offended, if there's hurt, um, you know, that, that hurt and that offense can cause our hearts to grow hardened. And what can we do to help open up that spirit, open up that heart, to soften that hardened heart so that the lines of communication can be restored and ultimately can bring peace and harmony to a relationship between parents and their kids?
1: I think be quick to, one of the things, Rodney, that comes to my mind is to be quick to ask for forgiveness. Um, the Bible says, I think it's in Hebrews 13, that a seed of bitterness can defile many. And what we hold in our hearts, we think it doesn't affect anyone but us, but it affects everyone around us. That's you know, one of my favorite verses, I go back to, um, I think it's Matthew 6, where Jesus said, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. And if we're not careful, there's a seed of darkness in us that we believe a lie is truth about a relationship or we're holding a bitter spirit. It'll defile everyone around you. It And you, it just happens. We don't mean for it to happen, but it happens. But uh, anyway, it just came to my mind a while ago. Right? I know I'm kind of putting you out on the limb here, but um, I just, thinking this podcast is going out, I think, in uh, July, and um, your church will be open there at the school in July, and it would be great if everyone, someone listening to this, all of you listening to this, would come to the church on a Sunday morning, and Rodney can tell you when, and uh, Ask for the family shift book. Say I heard this on the podcast, and I you said if I heard it on the podcast, I could come and ask for the book, and you'd give it to me. Absolutely. Rodney, oh, good. If Rodney can't afford it, I'll pay for it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I kind of put him on the uh, out there. But I, I I believe in this book so much because it can help the community, not just your family, but your greater family or larger family because you can pass it on and men, it's pretty easy to read because it gives you guidelines and, and, and goals and mission statement and so many things to help you as a father that we don't, we're not equipped to, uh, to have. No one's taught us how to do that. But Rodney Michelle put it down in a simple way where you can really have good instructions with your children. And the, the thing that I would say to you is they need to know more than anything else that you're for them. That you believe in them, and that comes through hugs, that comes through affirming, that comes through listening, that comes through letting them share with you what 's really on their heart. I remember uh, Rodney when we were growing up uh, with our children, Lynn and I were growing up literally with our children because i don 't know that we were really taught how to be parents. Uh, my mom, a very godly lady, taught me how to love and how to forgive, which that 's a big deal. I don't know that um, there's anyone in my life that I haven't forgiven. I can't think of anything. And that gives me a freedom to love everyone. I, I feel I hurt for people who have been hurt and they hold it against that one person all their life it's kind of a guy told me once uh unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking the other person's going to die because it just it kills you and so forgiveness is so critical but then out of that is love and understanding and being quick to forgive being quick to forgive people hurt us But if we hold it, it causes a root of bitterness that defiles many, and certainly
0: our children. That's so good. Yeah, it's powerful. And there are going to be times when we're going to have those moments of hurt and offense and even disagreements. And I think as a family, we can't ever allow those hurts or those offenses to come between us. You know, we have to fight for our family. We have to fight for those relationships. There's nothing more important in all the world. And having peace and harmony in our homes and in our families. You know, I often say, you know, so goes the family, so goes the church, so goes the church, so goes the nation, so goes the nation, so goes the rest of the world. And it really does. It begins with us in our homes. And you know, one of the best ways, um, in fact, in our in our family shift book, the T stands for teach by example. That's the fifth you know part of our book and you know one of the one of the hardest things to do is to lead by example as a husband and a wife just learning how to settle arguments and how to have peace and harmony and to be unified in your marriage and in addition to that knowing how to really use our disagreements as an example to our children because that's one of the most powerful lessons. When they see mom and dad making wrongs right in a peaceful way, in a productive and constructive way, it just allows them to know how to carry out disagreements and conflict in their own lives so that they too can bring about peace and unity and friendships, relationships, or with other people, especially as parents. And so, we have to fight for that And we have to maintain that spirit of unity and oneness as a family, and it really does. It all goes back to seeking to understand before being understood. We have two ears, and we got one mouth, and we have to learn to listen more and talk less so we can really get into the hearts of each other and know what we're thinking, what we're feeling, and how we can work together to move forward in a healthy, productive way. Well, Rod, as we wrap up our time together, why not you just give us one last tip, maybe just a word of encouragement to uh, parents or couples that are just needing that extra encouragement as it relates to maybe a current situation that they're facing right now, where they feel like Maybe there is no hope or maybe their son or their daughter has maybe crossed that line and maybe they're concerned that they may never come back. Maybe they, you know, have had a lot of hurt and disappointment and they're wondering, is it even possible for us to reconcile and bring harmony back to our family?
1: Well, I can speak from experience. We had one of our daughters that uh, ran away from home and, you know, it really broke her heart. And, um, I remember being in the closet floor crying out to God, I failed. And would you somehow restore this relationship? And uh, through time and through brokenness, God did restore it. And uh, I would say kind of my thoughts in closing... Two, two, two things come to my mind, I guess three. Number one, uh, the first principle in that book of Covey's is um, be proactive. Um, and that's one of the things I keep saying it uh, is get this book. I, you know, you've got to get something in your hand that helps you plan the future. So be proactive, take action. How What do I do? Well, uh, we can we could spend hours talking to you about what's on in that book, but if you'll take it and you and your wife read it, or you and your husband read it together, and be proactive. And second, and the second thing is live with the end in mind. That's the last principle in Covey's book, and it uh, makes me think a lot about uh, w- when life is over. Uh, what what what's my family going to say about me? Uh, did I build into their lives? Did I leave them a legacy? So it's very very important to live with the end in mind. We're all going to leave this world what really matters. And the third thing I would close with is there's no way to do what I've described apart from the Holy Spirit of God living within you. Um, That's why Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. I'm a sinner just like you are, just like Rodney is. And apart from the grace of God, I'd be in an absolute mess. I'd be making terrible decisions because we're all born with that damn nature to be selfish. I want what I want, and I want it right now. And that's kind of the way we live apart from the Spirit of God who comes in and transforms me. And that's what I would say about bringing a child home. First of all, what is it that I need to learn? How can I be surrendered to the Holy Spirit? How, come, uh, how can out of my life come love, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, love and joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and meekness? How can that come out of my life? I'm telling you from a pastor for 50 years married to a precious wife for 53 years raising four daughters, four weddings, four college educations, 11 grandchildren, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you I cannot do that apart from the Spirit of God having control of me. That's why Jesus said in John 15, what the only hope is for you to abide, because if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. How do we abide? We abide by obeying. We abide by loving. We abide by knowing. And so you know Christ and you allow him who comes to live within you, to guide you. And from your life, from your life, will come what Rodney talked a moment ago, the example of love and joy and peace and gentleness and kindness, not the fruit of the Spirit. So my heart for you and my prayer for you would be, first of all, make sure Jesus is in your heart. And if he's not, Today, by you listening to this podcast, he's bound to be knocking at your heart's door because the Bible says no one comes to Christ unless they're drawn. So you're listening with interest because the Spirit of God is drawing you to Himself. Receive Him into your life. Just simply say, "Lord, I'm sorry for my sins." Lord Jesus, come take over my life and guide me. And He will. Then get in get in His Word. The best place to get into His Word is, I'd say, John, the Gospel according to John. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke. John, read John, it'll really speak to you, especially chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. They're powerful, and they'll really help you understand how to allow the Spirit of God to control you. So, anyway, I could talk all day about all that, but the issue, the issue, the issue, the issue, the issue is, will you allow the Spirit of God to take control of your life so that he can empower you to do what you can't. I try to tell people who are struggling, do what you can and let God do what you can't. That's
0: so good. I'm going to put an exclamation point on that statement. What a great way to end our time together and what powerful truth. And those are words of wisdom from someone who's lived it and walked it. And um, just like all of us, experienced the highs and the lows. But the good news is, is that there's hope and there's forgiveness, and with God, all things are possible. Well, we pray that this has been a, a source of help and encouragement and affirmation to your life. That's our, uh, that's our goal. That's our mission and vision here at Family Shift, and we want to do everything we can to help you, help your marriage, help your kids, your entire family, and everybody you know, stop drifting and start living with greater intention. And we can do that when we stop the drift and we make the shift. Well, until next time, we look forward to continuing to stay in touch with you, don't forget to go to FamilyShift.com. Make sure that you rate, you subscribe, and you review uh, our podcast. We would would greatly appreciate it if you would take a moment and uh, simply rate it and review it and share it with your friends. But until next episode, once again, let's stop drifting and let's start living with greater intention. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Shift podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. If you're receiving hope and encouragement from this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and share it with your friends on social media. You can also receive the Family Shift discussion guide and show notes right into your inbox by signing up or downloading the discussion guides by going to familyshift.com backslash podcast. If you haven't had a chance to get a copy of Rodney and Michelle's new book, Family Shift, you can find links to purchase it at familyshift.com. Also, check out the new Family Shift 7-Day Devotional on the YouVersion Bible app. Once again, thank you for joining us at the Family Shift podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage.